Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hey, so last year was a really ridiculous year for censorship for hunters and anglers, and we have partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like us. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild, and it gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn those points, you unlock awesome rewards also, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and plenty more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 right out of the gate just for trying it out. So visit GoWild.com to get started right away, or you can check it out in our show notes. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, if that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. What up, everybody? Welcome to the OKest Hunter Podcast. Coming at you from the OKest Hunter Podcast studio, brought to you by Spartan Forge, our premier sponsor. They help build the studio, so they get to have the big name on the screen. For those that aren't familiar, I'll just tell you what it is right away. Spartan Forge is an AI, data-driven, deer movement predictability application. That's a mouthful. With some kick-ass maps and all kinds of other features, it's got all the bells and whistles. Yeah, the journal feature, we talked about that last time quite a bit. Uh, they've been now posting, and I've seen these way in advance, but they have a bank of people that have sent them deer that they've tagged and literally said, I would not have gotten this deer if it wasn't for your app. I've been hunting this deer for five years, and I finally got them. Four years, and I finally got them. Really impressive stuff as to how they've figured all that out. Um, so a lot of data from collared deer from universities around the, the country in Canada. And then they've pit that against other data models like weather and collision and so forth. So um, new features coming this year in 2022, their Blue Forest Tracker, which is a way to share pins and things like that, which we're pretty familiar with doing with Onyx. Um, but they're probably going to do it. Is it live? Oh, that part isn't yet. Um, it's on the horizon. Awesome. Yeah. Be awesome. But you guys are holding out on me. I haven't heard about this. It's impressive. Sorry. Their maps are so much better. <laughs> like it, it's hard to even explain. You can literally see the deer on their maps. It's, you can it's see the shadow of deer in a field on it's their aerials. Crystal oh, that's clear. Cool. That's pretty cool. In fact, that's where they've invested almost because they are developers. They didn't need to spend a lot of money from like funding on dev. They were able to then take that money and spend it more of it on maps. So they have satellite imagery that no one else in the space has. And part of it's because the founder, Bill Thompson, our friend, he's a former uh, retired army intelligence officer. He used to hunt terrorists with data-driven AI models and predictability and neural networks. So 
through some of those channels and access, he has some connections to things that I think others probably don't. Yeah, no, that's um, incredible. It's really cool, man. Hey, looking at other people hunting your public land spots. <laughs> You'll be able to see him before you even go. Is that bow in my freaking tree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like some next level. Dude. What, what was unbelievable to me when they started rolling that out and I started learning more about that and like what resources bill has tapped into i didn't realize there were that many deer studies being done like across the country and he's dove back and like pulled radio you know symmetry data gps from tons of studies but i think he said like it's like two thousand years worth oh the compile the composite come on over all these different studies i didn't realize that people are still studying deer that much that many radial color deer but it was pretty damn impressive the composite number the aggregate number of that is i mean it's it's not so what i like about it, it takes all the like free suppositions or whatever you want to call them about the expert thinks this or i think that well the data is empirical and it's not biased and it tells us this and it's objective it, so it's like yeah, busting myths that. even you know what i mean like right. it's really fun um so you might think something and it's going to challenge your belief system and you're gonna go wow i never really would have thought that so he's always a great he's always an idiot what we'll yeah. get you hooked up on there <laughs> yeah serious yeah uh Okay, Backwoods Grind Coffee, by the way, if you want 10% on there. Oh, so the, the gift, gift, the discount, well, I guess it's a, <laughs> the discount code for Spartan Forge is the OKS podcast, guys, and we just got to always make everything terrible. Uh, OHP for 25% off your annual subscription on Spartan Forge. I don't know. I know he's got a lot of folks repping the brand. Uh, I think very few of them are 25% off. So we're one of the special ones. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Wow. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, Backwoods Grind Coffee is great. I think you've been drinking it now for a little bit. I give some Absolutely. Greg. I have a bunch. I go through the bags pretty quick. <coughs> and uh, OHP for 10% off there. Latitude Outdoors. We'll be seeing them. I'm going to the ATA this Thursday, so I'll see those guys there. I'm excited to see Alex. and. Do they have some new stuff folks. rolling out? or? Uh, yeah, nothing that I think I'm going to talk about. But I think with ATA happening, I'll get a good line awesome. of sight as to what they're doing. And uh, I've used their method too. This last season it was pretty nice. They're friends of the show and shout out to Drop Time Spirits. I'm not, I'm drinking something different tonight, but I think you have the Drop Time. Oh, when I got Drop Time. time. It's tasty. It's not it's bad. delicious. I like it. Try to save it. I've given it as gifts and I save it for the <laughs> podcast night. So, you know, I won't drink it unless I'm in here usually. But I also got a lot of Christmas gifts. So I'm like, look at all these choices of bourbon and scotch. Right. It's delicious. So we have a guest in the studio. Okay, I'm going to switch the camera here. So Bo Bilo with Ghost Bucks, who you got to go with and killed your buck this last season with your bow. I watched it. It's on your YouTube channel on Ghost Correct. Buck YouTube. Um, welcome to the show, dude. Welcome to the studio. Man, I watched a few of the episodes. Oh, oh sorry. It's, uh... <laughs> it's not as glamorous in person. <laughs> He's like, I really want to no, come to the studio. Great. It's great. Uh, Derek told me to come on and... I, I jumped at it. I drove almost two hours to get here. Oh, so. my gosh. We I'm so sorry. That, man. We're excited yeah. to have you. I, yeah. No, anytime that I can drink some drop time and talk about deer <laughs> with drop times, I'm all for it. Hell yeah, Drop man. times with drop time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, uh, we'll get into that. Because well, <laughs> that's like on the corner of my eye. It's like calling my attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ghost Bucks yourself. Um, yeah, so Ghost Bucks, I had nothing to do with the title at all. So it would have been my dad and two of his friends. The two friends started a clothing company. Uh, one of them's out of Minnesota. The other one's from Anigo. And they named this company Ghostbucks. So to get that clothing line started, my dad started producing outdoor videos with these guys. They went in with hopes of starting a like a DVD collection type thing. Oh, sure. Compiled all this footage. 
didn't really do anything with it. And then um, kind of hit a snag with the clothing. <laughs> and then he got, and so that's where Ghost Bucks came from originally. So kind of died off. And then my dad did some outdoor filming. We were on a couple of things on the outdoor channel. And awesome. then uh, now we're trying to bring it back. I just been got doing into a it this lot last of, year. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of work this last year with I don't know, a lot of the old footage and then your new footage. I know you've been really putting together a lot of video. Yeah. You know, the new stuff is fun because once you start to edit things, you're like, you know what? I know I have this piece oh, here too. Yeah. I, oh, I really wish that I would have had this shot going into it or yeah. I wish I would have told this story a little bit better to give people like, okay. It's not just, I climbed up, I pulled up my bow, and I shot this deer. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that last part. I don't know. Really I'm good at the climbing, yeah. the pulling. But no, it's fun, man. I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast with it, and I love looking back on the old hunts. I mean, I think we have 30 more hunts that I haven't edited yet. Holy cow. And you've released a bunch over the last yeah, few months. I think months. we have like 15. And oh, I'm, I'm always on my dad's case. Like, dude, give me some more videos. Like, I just finished one. And he's like, another one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's cool. No, it's a lot of fun. Now, one thing about this guy, he's been working his butt off on these videos. He doesn't sleep. I'm not joking. I've he's, no he's got two little kids. Eric's obviously got three. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I mean, you must be doing this stuff all night long because I don't know when you find time to make all that. It is pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you gotta burn at both ends usually. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> video uh, editing. Is, you, you, it's not like you can just hang out and like put some music on and chill. Like you need to be focused because you need to hear what's happening, get the cuts absolutely a, to the word to everything i mean it's i like it though so it's not at the point where it, it feels like a job where i'm ha i have to do it i mean i do it because i want to do it like last last night my son was up two o'clock in the morning i couldn't fall back asleep i fed him put him down and i'm like you know what <laughs> might as well <laughs> yeah, for you. yeah so i was on there for like four hours before i had to get up wow ouch yeah. And you got a day job, I presume. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So two hours, you drove down from Green Bay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So are you, you know, what else goes on up in Green Bay? Are you like doing any fishing or anything? No. No. I, I just wait to travel to go hunt. <laughs> That's it. And then add a video. Okay. My hobbies include hunting and stuff related to hunting. <laughs> yeah. it, man. And That's about it. <laughs> in the comments, Greg says, what's up, gangsters? He's not here. He's sick. Uh, Doug, who helped me fix all of the camera problems that we've been having over the last several weeks. Thank you, Doug. Says he can't believe you drove two hours. Uh, it'll be on the screen in a second. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. I had off today anyway, so <laughs> it was good. But yeah, a bunch of other people jumping in here. It's up Oak Tree Dreams. Enjoy the hunt. So feel free, folks, to uh, we'll take some calls later on in the show if you want to pile up in the queue. We'll uh, bring you on later. We're going to talk about shed hunting today, and we were kind of shooting the shit a little bit ahead of time before we hit the record button, but Hunt, shed hunting public land is its own unique challenge because you don't know if someone's already been there. This at least is my perspective. I'm like, do I suck at this? Would I have been in the right spot? Or did someone else beat me to it? Or do I suck at this? Like, these are the questions I ask because I've never found a shed up until the day before the gun opener this this last season. And that was certain. I was not looking for sheds. So I couldn't believe I found one. So at least I know that like it's possible. Uh, <laughs> they're there it's, it's seriously a mental game though because even when you found some and you know what the hell they look like you'll be walking moment. for hours and hours and hours and be like would i even see one if i tripped over one like i, I you just like get in this mental space where you think you're freaking going nuts and you looked at 400 million sticks that look like sheds you know right. what the hell's going on anymore. oh i don't know how many i've sprinted up to and you get up to them and you're like yeah 
Oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a stick. I'll snap a pic anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That looks like a G2. Yeah. Branchlers, man. Yeah, I, got a whole, I got a Branchler album on my phone. Oh, yeah. Great. That's great. So, uh, at least when we were talking like a little bit, we, it's the public land is like a total challenge in its own way, but pub, private land is like, at least you have some assemblance of what's going on. At least you know you're like you're not competing with other hunters. Hopefully they're not like trespassing. Um, that's probably a different topic altogether. But mm-hmm. you know, oh, public land, topic. private land, public land, maybe public land also. Mm-hmm. Tell us like you find sheds, Derek. You find sheds. I do not. So let's not talk about me finding them. <laughs> but like, when do you start to look? How does the weather coincide with that with snow? It's a good question. Like, let's start there a little bit. Yeah, you know. I mean, from experience, whenever you have an animal that has any kind of injured, has been stressed throughout the season, whether whether it's fighting, whether it's shot, it's it's probably going to drop a little bit earlier, you know, especially if it's carrying some headgear, like some big headgear. So bigger ones will fall first. Well, yeah, I mean, when they're stressed. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, I mean. There's some science go, here. Yeah, I'll go. Well, I'm on mostly private land. So mm-hmm. as soon as I see, if, if we see a big one drop, we're out there looking for it. On your like trail cameras and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now that we have cell cams, right now, this is the first year I've really been running cell cams. And, I mean, all of my deer are still holding. So, do you, what, uh, By the way, what are you using for your cell cam? Uh, we run some of the cutty links on a couple different properties. Okay. And then mostly the reveal by track, or, uh, track cam. cam. You like yeah. that one? They're nice. They're very nice and they're affordable. You yeah. know, you're talking 100 bucks. And then I like that you don't have to go through your cell provider either. So right. That's kind of yeah, sweet. The, yeah. So I have the um, Moultrie, hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Don't have to go through your cell provider. You have to pick who you want, but you can yep. pick based on what the coverage area looks like for where you're going to be placing them. And the data plans look really affordable. And yeah, if I want to tack on a couple more, what, what is that? For, Honestly, for I don't even remember. I just paid it like all up front or something for the yeah. year. Set it like whatever. Yeah. I, um, I was thinking that the. Uh, Oh, what is the reveal? It starts at five dollars, works its way up to twelve or thirteen bucks. Okay. For like however many photos. For how many you want, yeah. So unlimited is I did unlimited. Dollars. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting. I am probably gonna have like a hundred pictures of a branch. So like let's just <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did. Well, Every I time like, I played a grass move, okay, man. I was like, problems same. Yeah, yeah. I, I opened up my phone the other day and I had a thousand pictures and I'm like, that's on one camera. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's never good. <laughs> so you're sitting there selecting and deleting like this. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, oh, yeah. you know, you think social media is bad. Get a freaking cell cam app on your phone. Addiction. And do throughout the hunting season. That was like checking oh, yeah. that more than anything else. That's why I don't have any X. It was nuts. It's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. At least I have to work for my photos now. So it's like somewhat <laughs> like wait. Right. <laughs> but you don't have to get in there. Like, no, I wasn't laying down any scent. The deer didn't know any of the wiser. Like it was. I enjoy, and I just had one on one public piece, and that was it. And Greg's like, "Dude, you have one freaking camera. You're not like." <laughs> so I'm gonna buy a couple more, probably. So I'm gonna work my way into it. I'm not gonna just. You know, it's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, talk about an advantage. I mean, especially where we're hunting, where me and you sat this year. Yep. I mean, we're six hours away. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna go and check anything until the day there, and I might be missing something completely. You know, like whether a pattern of a deer. So. Yeah, it, it's helped me a lot. So every day I, I write down what the, the wind direction is and barometric pressure and temperature. And then as soon as I see a buck that starts to get those patterns down, I'm like, okay. And I mark it. This is when he was on the plot at this time mm-hmm. during this day. And then I can put all those other factors. So when we do go down, I'm like, 
All right. Game time. <laughs> we got a pretty good shot at this. Yeah, you kind of know what you're yeah. getting into. Yeah. That's crazy. We're veering a little bit from our shed antler, but oh, yeah. well, when but I came now down you to know. hunting with you guys, it was literally it was impressive to see how you and your dad methodically, like it was all like tactical like that. Like you were talking about empirical evidence, like Bo was getting down late to where we were hunting. I was already there, so I was hanging with Bo's dad, having a few drinks. And Bo's dad had pulled cards that day from the cameras that weren't cell cameras. And right. he had a pile of like 20 SD cards. And he's like, yeah, Bo will check those, you know, when he gets in. I was like, so like in the morning before we go, he's like, oh, no. Whenever he gets here nah. at 2 o'clock, he'll, he'll look through all of them. He'll have all the bucks picked out by morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then you did. <laughs> and then I did. Yeah, some next level. Well, and I, and I know, I know that he's not going to because he doesn't care. I mean, he he's just like, well, I just go off the sign. I don't need a trail camera to kill a deer. And I'm like, but I want that. <laughs> like, I'm not you, man. Like, I can't. I don't speak deer. That dude just he speaks deer. He understands. You're them. both pretty oh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. No, he's he's the man. So <laughs> so question. Being on a lot of private land, and mm-hmm. now you got your cell cams, you guys must leave cell cams up to look for survivors winter and mm-hmm. then to help with sheds. Yep, so we have that, everything still up. That's excellent. That's a huge advantage. A lot of times, and I know just speaking for me and my dad and the cameras we run, like before gun season, we usually strip everything out of the woods because for whatever reason, the Orange Army has a way of making off with cameras. So we tend to pull everything out, and then it's kind of a chore or like a hassle at the end of the season to try to put them back out. So I've been putting more and more out, but man, having the, the advantage or the ability to like have your cameras up and not have to worry about really, getting them stolen. It's really helpful. Yeah. No, it is. And I think cell cams are less likely to be stolen too. And that's not probably entirely true, but if you can see who, you I know, approach your camera, sure. it's a deterrent. Like if I'm walking by and I see an antenna on it, I had one hunter, one, no two, sorry, two hunters all season, uh, one early once. And then one after I was like pretty much done in that area anyways, the cam was still there. No one, I'm assuming they saw it. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. There's this big antenna on it, but they're, they didn't take it. And it's kind like, of a double-edged sword yeah. because it sticks out more. But yep. I think that really is a deterrent. Like I'm not going to take something when they oh, have for a sure. I can track of me it. And yeah, like, not that I would anyway, but like I think that definitely deters people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of that, here's a private land tip if you don't want any trespassers. This is a Doug Beelow special. So this is my dad's special. So any camera that we have that doesn't work, hot glue gun and fake antenna come out. <laughs> Wait, tell, how does this work? What are you doing? The cameras that are done, they're shot. They don't work oh, anymore. Like old, you know, even yeah. so we, I mean, you cameras? Don't, you don't care. I mean, there's... You just put them on as dummy shelves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you and put something antenna. in them? Can you put like dog poop in or something like that? <laughs> like an explosion. <laughs> So we used to play this game when we were like, you know, young and dumb called the Poo Dollar Holler. That you guys ever heard awesome. of this? No. no. We were camping. We fell for it, which is how we decided we were going to play it. We are walking, this big gaggle of us, right? We're, we're walking back to the campsite. This is a total rabbit hole, but it's worth it, I think. It's coming. It's starting and, off well. And we're walking, and sure enough, there's a $5 bill on the ground. My buddy's like, wow, yeah, five bucks runs up, and like everyone's fighting over it. He finally gets it. He's like, he, the instant he picked it up, it immediately threw back out of his hand. He goes, oh, what the, you know? <laughs> And all of a sudden, everyone busts out. Some other group of campers bust out of this camp and go, Boo, dollar holler. They were literally going around the campsite asking for dog crap from dog owners, taking dog poop, slapping on this bill, slapping it on the ground and waiting for people to walk by and pick it up. And then when they did, they shouted, Boo, dollar holler. So then by the end of the night, dude, there were like, there must have been like $100 of (laughs) bills with shit on them around this campsite. So then we for tea to get so drunk that we kept falling for our own poo dollar howls. <laughs> like, oh, there's one. Oh, no, not again. 
and it went on it's like the rest of the weekend like you just hear people yelling throughout the weekend to camping. yeah we gotta do to that camping. <laughs> to camping. so you could poo dollar holler them so to speak that is true hey you're off in the summers i am campgrounds there we go another source of income you i'll start keeping my singles <laughs> you just gotta clean them <laughs> <laughs> and they're sourcing. Hey, those public school teachers, man, we need all we can get. There you go. <laughs> the Illinois tag ain't cheap. <laughs> that is right. That is right. That's oh for my sure. gosh. <clears throat> so, completely rabbit holing again, but dog shit brought this up. Uh, this was many years ago. I was pretty young, maybe like 14 or 15, when my ma first started hunting. And uh, we had made up north in the National Forest, we used to make like log blinds out of the old dead logs. Sure. My mom had the spot set up in the cedar swamp, which is now called the dog shit stand for a reason. You'll see. <laughs> we made this, we made this little blind. My dad's hunting somewhere else. So opening morning, I'm like 15. My job is to walk my mom into my, to her stand and then go to my stand. But we get to my mom's stand in the dark, you know, and it freaking reeks. We can't, we're like, what? We look at the logs and it's like somebody mortared this fort with dog shit. I mean, 50, 60 pounds. Someone must have brought in buckets of dog crap. There's dog shit smeared over oh, every surface. And there's a note pinned to the tree that says, I know you stole my stand. Have fun sitting in dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's my, it's my, she's like 55-year-old lady. Like, she didn't see anybody's stand. She's a saint. So, like, she's like, a, she's a nice like lady. Yeah. All 95 pounds of me. I'm like, looking. <laughs> So uh to cut down every so I, my mom's like, should I sit in it? I was like, no, don't sit in it. <laughs> so I found her a spot a little ways away, but man, she was like crying. She was like all torn up, you know, opening morning. She's so yeah. excited and we dog shitted her. Maybe it was those campground guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's a dollar bill. It's a dollar bill with the note. <laughs> it's full of shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, but sheds, huh? Sheds. Sheds. Shed shed, shed. <laughs> uh, deer poop. Deer poop. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, I don't know. Like, when do you go? Like, March? Is that too late? I know there's a shed rally. There's social media that's ruining it for people. We talked about that a little bit before we hit the record button, too. Like, you said some dude in Nebraska finds one, so they have the woods. You know, like, the seasonality applies differently to different places. So, absolutely. I don't know when to go. Like, if it was just up to you, nobody's pressuring the land. When do you think, like, Let's talk about like Wisconsin, where we are right now. Like, what do you think most of the deer are dropping their antlers? Majority of them drop by early March, I would say. Um, definitely different when we go south, though. When we go down to Illinois, mm -hmm. uh, last year we were down there. I was just looking at the dates. It was over the twentieth of March, and we had six bucks on camera that still were holding decent sized ones. Yeah, big bucks. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're uh, three three year olds and a four year old. That we're still holding at that point. Oh, geez. Yeah, both sides too, and a, and a bunch of the little dinkers too. It makes it hard to to go walk all your well, yeah, I mean, good stuff when you know that they're still in there. Well, we're walking it, and we find all these sheds, and I'm like, I somebody had to walk this. Like, I know there's a lot more deer in here than this. This is a bunch of crap. And uh, so we walked it that whole first day. I walked from dark to dark, and I'm like, man, like we had a decent day, but we we should have found a lot more deer sheds than that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, let's go look at the pictures. And as soon as we started to see all that, I'm like, oh, crap. We came. <laughs> but what do you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody was in there. But but then you're like, well, if you go any later, though, the, the sheds will be gone that are in the woods. They'll be completely chewed to nothing. So, yeah. The one That's... that I found had a couple bites out of it. But surprisingly, 
he was in pretty good shape considering it was November 20, 20th or 21st, whatever the day was. I, I mean, the squirrels do a lot of damage to them. It kind of depends where you find them around here. If you find them up in Oak Flats, deer-eating acorns, they, Absolutely. Get, they get chewed up like crazy. But the pictures you were sending me or last few years of what those squirrels do in Illinois, and those are fox squirrels. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they will literally eat a shed. Yeah. Like a big, big shed, they'll eat the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Nuts. We got so, that new hoodie, the, the shed season hoodie. <laughs> it's a squirrel. It's eating our logo. <laughs> That's, uh, he'd be done with that in, that's, a, yeah. in a day. I've got a, we've got a pretty, um, so the first couple of years that we were down there, um, we walked this piece of property. It's a 50 acre piece river bottom. Me and you sat there that one morning, there are runways that are 65 feet wide mm-hmm. while we're going in there <laughs> and we're like, there's going to be sheds all over the place. We didn't find a single one. <laughs> and that next fall, my dad goes and he decoys this river bottom. And the squirrel jumps onto the deer's the decoy's back <laughs> and takes the horn off. <laughs> and so my dad goes, "Well, no wonder we're not finding any sheds. They're eating them before they fall off." <laughs> so we so he's got it videoed, and this this squirrel is just working this horn. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, you're probably right." Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah. No, they're not gonna... broke. They're eating. <laughs> Seriously, there's another podcast not hunting related at all called The Dollop. It's two comedians. One of them's from here, which is how I heard about it. And uh, I don't know. It's just like it's American history podcast. And they Greg's probably rolling his eyes at me right now because I've tried to make him listen to it in the car with me right now. And again, he gets all pissy. <laughs> he's like my wife. I'm Greg, just, you can't even what else can I say? Right yeah, yeah. He's not here. I'm like, I'm going to get it in. Uh, yeah. So I listen to this dollop and they like one dude knows the topic. He researched it like head to toe for like two weeks took all these notes and the other dude has no clue what the hell the other guy's going to talk about. Right. So they, they do this and um, I fuck with the camera on me. I'm bad at that. So they, they have this show, right. And one of the episodes is called when the squirrels came and there's this whole historic and it's very comedic because they go off on these little weird little like role play tangents and they're comedians. So they're actually funny. Not sure. like me. <laughs> and they did this whole episode when the squirrels came and like, like farmers would plant corn and then the squirrels would come to the fields and they'd be like, what the fuck? All these squirrels are coming here. And they're like, so they would literally like go out and, and just melee these squirrels. Like it was like you thought it was a zombie apocalypse the way they're talking about it. And they're like, they just keep coming. They're coming back more. Get the squirrels. And like the, the bounty on these squirrels were like, you'd make a lot of money. And they just right. couldn't get rid of them. But this is reminds me like the squirrel that's eating the antler before it falls. Like they're freaking nuts, man. Oh, and it's accurate too because down there. And it the was, it was more like, too. yeah. So Those like, fox squirrels are bigger than small dogs. <laughs> right. I mean, it's 65 to 70 pounds. <laughs> like some of those things, I mean, no lie. Those squirrels are huge. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they go to town on those things. And one, of, I didn't even, I don't know if I told them. you. One of the, the first shed that I found last year, I made a shed hunting video on our, on our channel. And the first shed that I found still had blood on its pedicle, and the G two was eaten down about that far. Oh my god! <laughs> my god. Yeah, that was up in a, that was in an oak flat though, so there were a lot more squirrels. Yeah, there. everyone's saying they'll eat the they'll eat the fox squirrels. You'll see it here. And Greg, Greg, guys are eating them. Or the Greg's fox squirrels me. are eating them. No, they're saying they'll eat the squirrels. Um, eat the squirrels, sell yeah. the tail. Isn't uh, Meps. Meps up in Anigo? Meps up in Anigo. Yeah, you sell that squirrel tail or give it to them, and they give you a. I don't even know what it, or something like that. I just saw I'm an advertisement. Sure what it, really? Did you really? Yeah, That's I just saw an advertisement cool. the other day for it because I was thinking about it. I think it was on like uh, Lake Link or something. But yeah, Meps and Anigo, you bring in your squirrel tails. They obviously want you to harvest them ethically and to eat them, not just to kill them and bring them tails. But I think they give you like a free fishing <laughs> yeah, lure or whatever for right. their, their bucktail. Right off of Highway 45, there's still a sign that says squirrel tails wanted. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's probably from when the squirrels came. <laughs> <laughs> that started it all. 
Yeah. You should, like there's I an episode a, to listen on the way home, guys. Sounds like I need a banana <laughs> clip for my Ruger 1022. Go to Illinois. Not a bad idea. <laughs> you need something bigger. <laughs> but then, like, where do you know where, where, them all? <laughs> no, Are right. you finding these sheds? Like, you're approaching it to like maybe how I would try to find a buck bed, right? Is it which I suck at that too? So like, it's no wonder. But and by the way, everyone that's going to diss an OKS hunter, you find one of these sheds, you're special. Anyone can. That's find really ones. hard. That so, is true. This the is when the OKS hunters can really shine, guys. <laughs> yeah. You find these little guys. You find our logo out there, and you're something now. I've got my one of my prize match set is a spike that's uh, four inches on one side and three and a half on the other. Okay. So a legal buck. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only freaking deer I could have shot this year, other than the one I totally tanked down, that's about the size of the one you got down there, I think. Um, it was a nice buck. Yeah, what I'm not going to talk about. I've talked about enough people are like, shut up, Eric. <laughs> the one book. Well, then the other buck I could have shot was during the dirt during the doe weekend, the doe only hunt. And it was a little spike buck. And he's lucky I like caught the antlers. I'm lucky I caught the antlers, I guess. <laughs> well, some of those lucky. hide. Some of those yeah, hide. Really it would have well. been probably not great news for me, but I was like, you get to live. And I would have been, I would have been never been so thrilled to shoot a spike at this point. I was like, Damn it! You gotta be kidding me. The only the only God. type of deer you can't shoot. Yeah, of course that's what comes. Yep, there you go. Uh, what a joke. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know where do you look for them? Like, what do you what are you seeking out? You're looking for the highways. I and mean, when you have trail cams, you know that maybe there's a better opportunity. But yeah, number one, uh, with the advantage now, public it's completely different. But private, I'm going number one to the food sources. You know, we have we on one property we have a couple, uh, probably four food plots and. There's agriculture all around us. So we'll buzz up and down those cut corn fields. Um, that's where we find quite a bit of them. Mm-hmm. Um, do they spend a lot of time with there? They do. The The big areas that I personally like to focus on, no matter what, if it's if it's a logging area in public where they've cleared a bunch of crap and the deer are feeding in there heavy, mm-hmm. I really like to go to those staging areas where those, those deer will go feed in the egg or in those clear cuts or whatever. And then they go off of those for a little while. They bed down. They head back in middle of the night. They go back and forth between those. So on ours, um, on our lease property, where we have those big those big fields, uh, there's a bunch of CRP and a bunch of high grass. And those deer, they don't bed in there during the day. Mm-hmm. But all night, they're back and forth in between that. So you'll, you'll see beds everywhere. But throughout the day, you'll never, you'll never see them bedded in there. Okay. So I, feel I, like, I love those. I feel like any grassy area in a field, like a low spot where the tractor doesn't go or like around a couple of trees or yes. off to the edges, you always see beds and snow there. Yes. And when you, when I used to find those, I used to remember thinking like, this would be such a stupid place for a deer to bed until you realize that they're just chewing their cud there. Like they're feeding, right. they come lay down, chew their cud close by. And then they're, they're up. lazy. That wind's cold, man. Right. <laughs> get out of that. <laughs> then that grass is perfect. Right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good shot. Often heard, deer are not too dissimilar from us. Like they're going to take an easier path if if they can. Like why would they work so hard on something? You know. Yeah, that's you'll see tracks by your truck. Oftentimes, it's like well, because it was easy for them to traverse (laughs) that, like it was for you, right? You know. Well, on actually, exactly to that point, um, I went shed hunting when I I was in college. I parked my vehicle. I walk in, uh, didn't find anything, and I walked back out on the same exact footprints. And there was a shed dropped from the time that I came. <laughs> no, and there was really? a shed dropped, fresh shed in my boot tracks. And they ran right past my right past my car. And oh I found I found the other the other side. Um I had to go get permission because I'm like, well, if that one dropped, there's gotta be another one. So um I fought I followed it to the road and I walked over to the lady's house and asked her if I could go walk in her field and I found the other one probably 
100 yards later. <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's really, really cool. Holy crap. Live action right there. No, oh, seriously. Dumb. Basically watching it fall at that point. I know. Like, Holy that crap. was cool. That was pretty cool. Now, you read a lot of stuff about shed hunting and public land shed hunting and whatnot. Do you think that finding some of the antlers you found or maybe, you know, your family has found, like, has that helped put the pieces together to kill a deer? Oh, yeah. You think I think that's so. Like, has, has it helped you hunt that deer or is it just, like, cool to have the shed? Like, a lot of people just be like, that That doesn't help. Like, why don't you spend your time scouting instead of shed hunting? And I always thought it was kind of the same thing, but a lot that's of people. That's a good point. No, it's a very it good. Is. That's a very good point. Um, but. I do think that's that deer safe zone, wherever they are most of the time is where they're going to drop, right? Uh, late season, it's a little bit different because they're heavy on the food source and they don't bed very far from the food source. But um, this year was testimony to it. So the buck my dad shot with a bow and a gun and the one that my father-in-law shot, we have sheds to all of those deer. And where we found those sheds, it was probably less than 300 yards to each of the spots where they were arrowed really mm -hmm. and those were all big those are all big deer big mature deer yeah that's pretty incredible that they're that close to where you find your sheds yeah it's it, well that was just that was more on just a big sanctuary bedding area but um i mean you could just key in i mean if you can find that many right together I mean, no, you're, you're, in, on a, you're in a pretty good spot. A spot that the Bucks like to be at. Right. There's obviously a reason for them to be there. Right. That adds a new level of excitement, I think, to just the hunt in general. If you have like history, tangible history with that animal, and you have that growth progression, and maybe not even just a growth part, but just having like one or two years of their sheds, and then the buck. That's like a really cool talk about finding a shed for the first time. Think about finding the shed and then the deer. Oh, yeah. Like it's like finding a puzzle piece. Look, I found the, the <laughs> other, you know. How exciting and just that if you're like a nerd like my wife, you like to do puzzles, I can see that excitement on her face when that happens. So think about that for like a deer, it's magnifying. Hey, when you connect quite a bit. that final border and yeah. work <laughs> right. on the inside, it's life changing. Yeah, speaking of that, you are re you're rest you're restoring antlers, by the way. What is this? Yeah, that so you're I've doing? been I've been uh you know, applying my art services to the uh, bone of the deer for for a couple of years now. I don't know, I just Speaking I don't even remember. Sheds. I think I got into it because uh, my mom is a shed dog. She's an unbelievable shed hunter. Um, she's found more so sheds. We, have, we should have her in this. She's found more sheds in the okay. National Forest up north than any person I've ever met in my life. Any big, mm -hmm. more big sheds. Like, she's found some really big Yeah, ones. she's got some giant. We have, Bo's been up to the cabin before we got the fireplace, <clears throat> and there's three um, fake skull mounts with sheds. Six sheds, very big sheds. Mm -hmm. My mom's found five of the six of the biggest wow. ones that we have. Oh, yeah. One of them is 177-inch set of antlers that she oh, found matched within 10 feet of each other they do exist. she's low to the ground so she's got an advantage <laughs> <laughs> no we always joke though because when you're shed hunting i mean you really have to be tuned in to looking in the ground my mom doesn't do directions mm -hmm. she has no idea she's you tell her to walk 10 yards that way she couldn't she wouldn't know where she's going. <laughs> she i mean i love her to death but she, she'll tell you she doesn't do directions so she constantly is depending like she wears orange and dad and i or whoever we're with keep an eye on her so she gets to focus 100% on looking, mm -hmm. which she says makes a big difference. And I, I think she's right. But uh, she found a couple of sheds. It started off with a buck named Herbie, really big 10-point set. And the squirrels had shooed it all up. Like, not off, but like There's all along the G2. The tip was still there, but they just chewed it. It was like super thin. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is like such a beautiful set of antlers. I should try to fix these. So I just did some research. And, you know, sculpt them back. It's kind of in my wheelhouse. And then color them, paint them, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I started doing a couple for our own sheds here and there. And then 
It's for a couple of buddies. I fixed one up for Bo a year or two ago and working on Dave's box from Missouri, which he was on the show, told us the story. I'm working on fixing up his right now. So wow. Started with sheds. Yeah, now. I saw some of the posts. I was like, this is pretty spectacular. Like it looks yeah, really legit. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Oh. I have one upstairs. Do you want it <laughs> for practice? Oh, your, your shed? Yeah, yeah. We can get that colored up. That'll look like it dropped yesterday. The ones that impressed me the most are the 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 big, big sheds. Oh, the moose. You, the moose sheds that you did. Those yeah. are unbelievable. You repaired moose sheds too? I repaired a couple guess, of moose huh? sheds. Yeah. Uh, rebuilt and recolored a couple of those. And if you can't find fresh oh, ones, no, just we make thought, them. We, <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about this on the show. Someone's going to like want to call you up for services. And also, I think my Skype line just dropped out, which means I can't take calls, but no one's called anyways. So sorry, guys, gals. Yeah. I mean, they are very, very impressive. Thank you. The ones that you did. I always, I always, uh, quiz people when they come over <laughs> i even tell them which deer it is <laughs> hey which which one of these is fake no idea That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. wow are you stupid it's not that one <laughs> but sometimes That's... i forget but I'm like, that okay. would be hard yeah. i would have to call Derek. i don't remember anymore <laughs> Well, I noticed, Bo, you got to pick up that guy laying down on the ground here. Yeah, Bo, let's take a look at oh, this yeah. thing i asked Bo to bring a little eye candy um to the show with him tonight so who's this guy uh this is mine from this year uh shot him the same if you guys tuned in same one that Derek shot same stand that Derek shot his off of so <laughs> nice four-year-old deer but yeah he's he needs some Derek work he's missing that brow time oh, he you does said that huh? was a pretty good yeah I mean it was a nice brow. Have, yep. see what's that nice? up uh this way here to that uh oh yeah yeah no he was it was a it was a cool deer it was a it was a fun hunt that was the you want to you want to hear the story? Yeah, we got nothing but time. Well, you I, drove I mean, two I hours. Thought, you better tell us even, the story. I didn't put it all together until now, but I mean, we always do an okay as hunter moment, something that you messed up, <laughs> messed up that happened to you. Yeah, and I think this is a darn good example. You, you guys got to check out his video for it because you see it in the video. But I mean, these things happen in the woods. Oh, I think yeah, you should, yeah, yeah, explain, yeah, yeah, explain yeah, what yeah. happened. Well, I had a couple of okayest moments there, but um, <laughs> so. It goes back to the first day with Derek when Derek shot his deer. And, you know, I was, I think I was on maybe an hour and a half of sleep. <laughs> so we do that. We have, we celebrate that night. And then the next night, my father in law shot this giant 12 point. And so we also celebrate that it's night. Fucking huge. So the next day, I mean, I can barely open my eyes <laughs> and I go out hunting in the morning and I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to sit all day no matter what for every day that I'm down here. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to hunt the lease and I'm just going to go lay down for a, like a minute, two hours later, I wake up <laughs> and I'm, I panic. I'm like, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I didn't even shower. I just, and I just run out and, um, I get in because I know when those deer are going into the food plot. Mm -hmm. And when we were there, they they started at noon. They were there like all day. Huh? Yeah. And I, I need to be in there. So I get out there super late. Um, I put out my decoy. I'm climbing my ladder. And as I'm climbing the ladder, I look out in four doe and this buck jump into the food plot while I'm climbing the ladder. And I'm like, oh, this, this is good. This is great. Yeah, no, perfect. And um, so they, they all filter in. I'm able to get up. I'm able to get my safety harness on. Uh, but there's a doe 15 yards away from me. I can't even pull up my bow. And this buck is working. He's 40 yards away. And then he goes back, luckily, back off the food plot. And so I'm able to pull up my bow, hang my bow up, put my camera on. I got my GoPro going. And he jumps back into the field. 
So I watched this deer for probably, I think it was like 38 minutes, like on and off the field, mm -hmm. back and forth. Is he and bumping does? This he's whole with time? one doe. Okay. So he's with one doe. And for the majority of it, the doe is, um, well, you know, the property on the south side of that fence and it's running around and you can hear other bucks back there chasing her. And this buck is just like pinning her like, nope, can't go this way. Can't go this just way. Keeping all those other guys away. Yep, just can't do it. And then, um, so all of a sudden this buck jumps or the doe jumps back onto the food plot buck comes in and they're like 70 yards out. And all of a sudden to my West or to my East, a doe snorts and three adult does go right past my decoy at 10 yards. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like this will work. And as soon as that, as soon as that buck saw that he started to make that doe want to move and chase her again. So he puts his nose to the ground and just chomp, chomp, chomp. And she ran right where the other doe is mm -hmm. good. So this is where the okayest moment comes <laughs> in. So I was shooting a lot. I shot actually that day and where that buck, that big buck went, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta shoot 60 yards. So I'm practicing out 60 yards, boom, 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 you know, and I'm, I've got a pretty good group going. And so I come to full draw on this deer. He's 40 yards away, closing in. He gets to about 37 and I'm at full draw already. And my elbow hit the tree just enough and my release went off. Oh so gosh. As, as I'm the tree behind you, right? The tree behind me. Negligent and, discharge on your freaking bow. Yeah. So it was accidental. Like I, I, it was there was a moment I like blacked out because I'm like, whoa, what? I didn't what, do that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, crap, that's not good. <laughs> and so like an idiot, though, I should have I practiced drawing because when Derek was sitting there, I saw his elbow hit the tree once when he was drawing back on that first year that came mm -hmm. in. And I'm like, man, all right, I got to practice drawing back. So I practiced drawing back and I hit my elbow and I'm like, you got to step forward on the platform. That platform's like 20 inches. You, you have plenty of room. Mm -hmm. And. So I just completely spaced it with the camera, getting that into gear. I You're went freak out mode. That. Yep. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, as soon as this thing stops, it's it's toast, you know. So I got my pin right on it, and as soon as it, my elbow just barely touched the tree, and it just went off, and I hit the deer way back. It was quartered towards terrible angle, and luckily I shoot a, a big expanding broadhead, <laughs> and it did it did a number on it. Yeah. The deer expired very quickly. Um, I wasn't aware of it, but when I look back on the footage, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that deer didn't make it very long. There's a lot of blood coming out for that shot. So you still got him, though. What, did, he, did he not even hear any of that other stuff happen? When it was interesting. Or what? After the shot, you should keep telling the story because it, it was interesting. Even what the next day would happen. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So after I shoot this deer, um, I hit him probably mid-body. So if he's perfectly broadside uh, right middle of the body, just very low, probably four inches up. And then it exit out right in the white mid belly. Mm -hmm. And as he's running away, I didn't put any of this on the YouTube because I'm like, ah, I won. I want to give that animal credit. I don't want to show any of that nasty crap, sure, but yeah. his intestines were hanging out mm -hmm. and he had to jump a fence. And I'm just like, man, the whole time I'm feeling awful about it. And so he jumps the fence and I watch him walk and disappear into the woods. I marked the tree that he disappeared to. And so we left him overnight. Next day we come back and I, t I, I literally took my shoes off and it, it's a dead calm day. And this deer goes down into this really, really deep finger of woods. And I kind of figured it's probably, it's not going to make it out of there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that I hit an artery is the big thing. 
So I just figured I just skimmed it enough where the intestines were hanging out. I didn't know that I hit it that high up. And so we go in there. I had my dad go on one side of this woodlot and my father-in-law on the other. And I just went, I think I, by the time I found deer, it was 50 yards. But in that 50 yards, it took me probably close to an hour. Shit is wow. nasty thick. Yeah. And steep. Yeah. Very and steep. steep. But because I was, I took my shoes off. I mean, I went straight in ninja mode. Like <laughs> my dad's like, you, you got to be as quiet as you can. But while I was in there, I mean, I walked within 10 yards of bedded does. Oh my god! Like, it was insane. <laughs> but like, I'm taking one, one step a minute, basically, you know? So like I get there and I slowly bring up my binos and I would glass, right? Everything that I could possibly see. I would take another step. And if it was a good step, if it was a clean step, I would do another one. But if I stepped on anything, if there was any noise out of there. So anyways, down the trail, I get to the, this deer and I can see his rack sticking up. I'm like, Oh crap. So he's still alive. I thought he'd still be alive. He's only 10 yards away at that point. So I come to full draw and I lean out around this bush and I shoot him again, but he was already dead. Oh gosh. Yeah. So his head was, it was just propped like up straight up. Yeah. Weird. What was something holding it up or what? I'm not really sure. Yeah. There, yeah, was, a, there was like it was a down, like down log he was bedded by. Yeah. I remember and then the there picture. was like, he was down in like this little, uh, this little V and he was just in there. Perfect. And like the log was down. Like I had to just shoot right over that log. Yeah, I, no, I mean, it was wild. That's crazy. So, but he was stiff and dead. He'd been, he dead. was stiff and dead. And then when I field dress them, usually if they've been dead within, you know, if you get six hours, you still feel some warmth in there. And this deer was as cold as could be. So, I mean, I, I found, I think it was the fourth bed that he was in, but there was zero fresh blood. All the blood was almost identical. So, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of time in between each bed, which made mm-hmm. me feel a lot better. You know, that's, that's one of the things, um, that I don't do very well with when I, when I wound an animal, I, I mean, I, I want to get them right away and I want to mm-hmm. make the best shot possible. I don't like the, ah, oh, it's okay. You just get them in the morning thing. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Cause I yep. mean, that deer is out there and I mean, it got an arrow in its guts or whatever it is. Not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. I shanked the shot on that guy, but I hit the femoral artery. And he died in like a minute or something. It was oh, quick. Yeah. But I very thankfully and luckily hit that artery. If I hadn't, I, I don't know what would happen. That's the kind of right. stuff that happens. And sometimes you're lucky yep. and it works out most of the time. And for me, I was like incredibly confused. I was like, how did he die? What happened? <laughs> like, did God just like help me out or something? Like, <laughs> what what is going on? I thought for sure he was just like bedding down for the first time. Right. And I was like, can I get another arrow in him? And I was like, He's dead. <laughs> I was <just> like, what? <laughs> anyway, yeah. You get, you get some like big artery like that, it's game over. Oh, yeah. They don't know. last very long. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> right. I get shot in the toe. I would just let it <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> just yeah. come First on. They're right, some put tough the animals, yeah. man. They're tough. I mean, Dude, it, there's like trail cam picks of freaking bucks walking around, like half their back off of them. I'm like, see those? what yeah, is the know. deal, man? These things are nuts. Do they live after this? Like, how the hell? I saw a post the other day that somebody had shot a deer that must have been shot during bow season in the bottom of the heart, and it healed. Oh, my God. Like one blade. Yeah, one of, blade right through the one. bottom of the heart. And, and you could see it. Like, there was no more bloodshot on the entire heart. It was crazy. Yeah, like, they're tough animals, man. That's got to be so painful. Everybody they real. just deal with it. I know. My, my dad shot a deer in Kansas, hit it. I mean, you, you watch the video back. I, I didn't put that one on the channel yet. You, 
he hits it perfect right through the heart. Yep. And I mean, we're fouling this blood and there's blood four foot wide. And we, we see this deer running off and it is shooting out of both sides. The deer let, lived eight hours. What the hell? Yeah, what he had to end up shooting it two more times. We had one like that we shot uh, for guns. We called it the zombie deer to this day because it, like, it, it just wouldn't die. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> come on. It's okay. Let it go, buddy. Like, right. Yeah, I think at the antlers over there somewhere is a little guy. But I think it was actually an older deer at the shitty rack, actually. Uh, Did you get those scrub ones like that? Yeah. yeah just a public land, you know, whatever hill country buck out in Prairie du Chien area. So. Our buddy Dave shot one a few years ago. It was interesting. Hit it bow season. Thought he smoked it. Arrow didn't penetrate much. Ended up getting one lung. He blood trailed it for like 800 yards. Couldn't find it. You know, he was tore up because he thought the deer died. And on the same farm that he had permission on, guy shot it first weekend of gun season, chasing a doe hauling ass across a cut cornfield. The broadhead was in its lung. The lung was all blackened up and shriveled. On one lung, thing had lived four weeks and was chasing a doe full balls of the wall across the field. Man, that's wild. Unbelievable that that's possible. But There's you literally so had photos of it. I couldn't believe it. You know, my uncle hit a deer one time in Kansas. It was quartered away. I mean, and I know that he hit it perfect because we have video of it as it was uh, three days later. And this, this arrow was perfect, lodged into the offside shoulder. And it was as it was standing, the deer was very sick, but this is three days later. And as it was there, it, the arrow must have been resting on the top of the heart because it was going like this. It Holy crap. Twitching. <laughs> you can see the fletching can, move yeah. or something. No, you could. That's the whole arrow was. <laughs> and, the, and that deer lived three days. Yeah, I mean, we never found it. We never found the deer. Yeah. Wild. So what are you doing with these sheds when you find them, by the way? Back to that real quick. Trophy Decor. case. Yeah, trophy case. Dog bones. Yeah. Uh, uh, little ones or what? Yeah. I I usually don't allow dogs to do it. <laughs> any kind any kind of shed is a trophy. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a spike or what or a seventy inch side, eighty inch side. Wherever this one went. I know I saw that. Yeah, they got to it. Yeah. Which is fine. I think this was the inspiration for the logo. But whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, similar. But yeah, no, I, I have got a lot of mine just kind of displayed up around in my basement. My buddy's dad has a deer farm in Waukesha. And I mean, they're, he's got an entire basement full of sheds. Oh, I would imagine. I think there's big business in sheds in general, like for home decor, lamps, like chandeliers, mm-hmm. rustic stuff for like, you know, all the stuff you see at the big box stores and, and things like that. And they just are cool to have around the house. They really like rustic it up really quick. Oh, you know? they do. My wife was like, you found this. What are you going to do with it? And I'm like, Put it right there, and it stayed there since I got home. <laughs> and she's like, loved it. She put like some Christmas stuff in it, some like pine berry whatever thing. And she's like, look at that, it's so cute. I was like, yeah, look at that, huh? Well, Greg, you're good now. You owe it to your wife and go find a couple more. I know. <laughs> at this point, she's kind of. I mean, this is the only one thing that she she eats venison. She's not a big big fan of venison, but uh, the shed she seems to really like. <laughs> now that she could do without, though. That's why it's down here. Yeah, so. that's that's our house too. Yeah, but yeah, you should. Derek's cabin. He's got them displayed. Pretty cool. My my dad. Yeah. Yeah, those are that's pretty sweet. He's got a cool setup there. Um, the dog chew thing is interesting because I think there's almost more money in dog chews. Dude, to be there's honest. forty bucks for something like six inches. I had to. Unfollow. I'm like forty freaking dollars. <laughs> are you kidding me? So I'm. I, they I'm last secretly time, obsessed but... with moose. My buddy Lane yeah. turned me on to it. Bo's been to Boundary Waters moose shed hunting. Mm-hmm. We. We just I love do stupid things for oh moose sheds. Um, 
I love them. I just think they're so flipping cool. I got one really cool brown one that I'm just wild about. I touch it. <laughs> snuggle sometimes. Uh, but I had to unfollow this, this page on Instagram <laughs> called Yellow was it Yellow Yellow Dog Sheds. This guy goes shed hunting with his yellow lab. Okay. They find the, they're in Maine. A lot of moose. In Maine. Yeah. They find these big, huge, beautiful brown paddles. Stuff my dreams are made of. He, band, <laughs> he takes videos of him bandsawing them up. Just cuts them all up. Sells them for $40, $50 a piece because that moose is- Probably sells it for bone. more than that. Moose bone's huge, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a little chunk. He's selling little them. Chunk, yeah. So that one antler, he's probably making $400 off of. Cut wow. it all up. It's wild, man. One. I mean, even the ones at Cabela's for just the training. I mean, look at 30 it's, 40 bucks for an antler yeah. and a small antler. There's a company, Dog Bone. Who, Jeremy Moore. Yeah, Jeremy. He, so we actually bought one of his training videos back when we had a bloodhound. And it was pretty effective. It was like he really seems to know stuff now. Uh, Tyler, actually, the co-founder with okay Hunter with me, he's a dog trainer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a small community, smaller than ours. I'm sure they know each so other. So they, yeah. Uh, but he developed a product that was like rubbery, but looked like an antler because he said that when the if the dog gets so excited they run up on antler, if if they run up and they poke themselves, they're done shed hunting forever. They're not going to do anymore because they just associate that with severe pain. That and it scares sense, right? them or whatever. So like he developed this product that if they run up on it, it's not going to hurt them. So they don't get scared of that. And then he found some scent that smells like antlers and concentrated that. So then you could put it on there so they could be trained to show. He literally right. has products for training dogs to shed hunt. Yeah. Is that scent? What is that scent? Is that the pedicle? Like the I wax think that's ring? what they use because those deer have glands on their forehead for when they're making rubs and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's the scent that gets on there is that wax ring. And then you got a little bit of that. And then the- I don't know what the, is it? Uh, pre-orbitals down by their eye right i, I forgot what, what it forehead is the be. forehead whatever who did that that post of the gland in the in the uh in the hoof it just made its way around social like all i saw for like a week was a freaking doe hoof or something like that or, or buck hoof where it was like this gland in the hoof yeah that's uh like I don't mean, touch it, it it's stinky I like, when a deer stamps its foot you know yeah. when they get alert that doe's about to bust you right yep. and she's stamping her foot you watch any other deer that comes along when it gets to that, that spot. They, do they go on like high that. alert yep. immediately. I did see that happen. I was actually with Greg when that happened. A doe stomped us out, and then a buck came, and he stopped dead right where she was. And they probably won't cross And he didn't. he didn't. No. Nope. Nope. But he hung out there for a good Especially good a mature minute. deer. Not a chance. No. Nope. Yeah. They know. Wow, cool. what a fascinating network of communication these animals have between right? scent and, and just communicating a little bit. That's now, wild. I learned something new when my buddy Adam, AP, shot a beautiful buck um, up in Wisconsin. This October, early October, and we went up to help blood trail him, and we ended up calling in a dog. And I always assumed that the dog followed the blood trail, but the guy said that the dog is following that particular individual deer's hoof gland. Hmm. That's what it's following. That's That's why it doesn't matter if the rain. Yeah, that's what that's what the post was talking about. Yeah. Which I never, I always, I don't know, I just stupidly assumed, oh, it's it's blood. blood, they're following yeah. the blood. Right. Right. No, not following the blood. That's why so many other dogs besides, I mean, I don't know, just bloodhound people. I always wanted to get my bloodhound blood, to do does. more stuff, and then we, we didn't have him much longer. Just, I uh, thought that was interesting. I don't know. It's fun to watch that dog work sometimes. Whatever we, but, like, work is relative. We would hide treats on him. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with my dogs now, and they don't get it. The bloodhound was, like, a cut above the rest. Man, that dog, he could smell shit. Yeah. <laughs> he could smell yeah. shit. Like... On uh, YouTube, the Maine Woods guy, the Maine guy does a lot of deer yeah. hunting, but he does a lot of moose hunting with his dog. Watching his dog work. I mean, they use the wind, right? Come up into the wind through mm-hmm. these clear cuts. And he can tell exactly when that dog first picks up the smell of a shed. Oh, yep. She smells one. And she might follow it 300 yards and loop and loop and loop. And she'll find it. And that shed could be six years old. Come on. That dog what? can still smell That's it. wild. Six it years will old? smell an old what shed buried in the moss. Smelling? 
it will go up and it'll be able to smell. Right, that's what I When you get. pick one up, though, I don't get that. when you pick up a six-year-old moose head in the moss, you'll be able to tell. They freaking reek. Well, that what is do they true. reek like? They you found reek. up there were pretty oh, gross. They probably the smell like smell, mud. The old ones smell. <laughs> yeah, they smell. Right. Oh, this is moose sheds. Yeah, these are <laughs> oh, moose yeah, sheds. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. is it? Like, at that point, like, so that skull right there, I buried in the ground for nine months, dug it up, cleaned it up. Jeff Genki helped me deal with that. And we, you know, cleaned all the stuff out. And uh, I put some, I did a terrible job with this. I taped it and I spray painted it flat white. And then I put some wood stain on the antlers, like bring them back to life, a little bit of color, which was his idea, Jeff's idea. And uh, dude, I was just so jacked. My first year amount ever. I just want it in the house now, but it stunk so freaking bad. I was like, (laughs) when is the smell going to go away? When I think I might've even sprayed it with bleach, which someone said not to, but I'm a very impatient human. (laughs) So like, I kind of didn't care. And here we are. Here is, and that's been. It's fallen. The kids got to it. The dog got to it. There's like the 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 nose bones all busted up now. Whatever. But yeah, it was like my pride and joy for a long time until I have this one now. So now a real deer on the wall. It's a beauty, man. But there's a lot of story behind this one. This is the one that famously my buddy Joel sniffed out of the woods. So yeah, talk about dogs smelling deer. My buddy freaking smelled that deer. There's a whole weird thing, dude. So like we have this dead when he smelled it. Yeah, we have this like it got it was. It was uh, perfectly confusing. Like where where and when I shot it, like lined up with some other dude that just happened to be in the area. So then we just assumed that he then shot my deer and I didn't get it. It was, a, it was like a 120 yard shot. I was sleeping. Sounds OK. I woke up and I'm like, oh, there's a deer. And the deer's like, there's a hunter. Which has happened before. Oh, shit. And I'm like, you are not getting away. I have a rifle. This is not going to end well for you. I'm like, were you this- like. I, I, all I had to do is sit up and rest on a knee. I had it perfect. I was just lean back a little bit. I sit up, rest on a knee, then rack on them, three shots at this deer. I'm like, well, I have no idea if I got him. I just couldn't tell. And then I go over there. I couldn't find any blood. Couldn't find a deer. Like what? I had no. I was like, what happened? Well, then where my buddy's brother was hunting, he's like, I heard some noise over here, but then I saw a hunter. So it's just very confusing. It was Sunday. We were like gonna head back soon, and. Uh, couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. I was like, well, I must have just missed. Right? I must have just missed. So I go back to the truck. And not one minute after I put my vest on, which is why we all wear vest now. It's our lucky charm. You will not get a deer if you don't have a vest on at deer camp for gun weekend. <laughs> so I get to back to the truck. I put this vest on. And ring, ring, ring. My buddy Joel says, I just found your buck. I'm like, what do you mean you found my buck? Like, I didn't hit a buck. I don't think I got it. He's like... <laughs> No, no, this is oh, your really? buck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, how'd you find it? He goes, well, I was walking back and I smelled a buck. So then he's like, I can get my rifle ready. And I start smelling around, smelling around. And I see it. I see the buck. He's like, there it is. I see the buck. So he's like, I'm going to shoot. But then I realized it's a dead buck. And then I realized that must be Eric's buck because he knew where I was hunting. You know, nice. So That's then cool. I get over there. And sure That's enough, there's fun. three rounds in it that he dug out all three bullets. So you my it three times. Yep, I got it all three times. Died. It was just very confusing with how it all kind of laid out. It's crazy how the mental part plays such a it, huge role. Yeah, totally, totally messed sometimes. everything up. But yeah, so it was one of those things. So that's the deer that Joel smelled out of the woods. That's <laughs> a cool story. Like, that's really cool. So now the vests are like a you have to have them if you're in our deer camp, and you know maybe Joel will smell your freaking deer. But he's the first guy that if someone gets a buck, he's gonna go get that gland and rub it on him. And he had a buck charge him when he had some other buck scent gland on him and then he shot it at like five yards or something crazy. Yeah. Don't try that at home. 
It was nuts. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Well, it even says on the bottle of some of those, don't apply this to your, your clothing. Yeah, he had a buck come at him. It was he's got some crazy stories. He's a, pretty cool. He lives right down the road. I don't know why he's not here, but he is like, I think Tuesday nights are like Bible study night or something, so he can't make it. Otherwise, he'd probably be here with us more than we'd Good want man. him to be. Good man. Yeah, he's way better human than I am. I smelt a live deer this year, a live buck. You know, that's first... interesting. I did too. My doe. We were in such thick doe bedding, and I cut you off, that we thought we were smelling the deer that I shot. And When you and Greg went to look for yours? Yeah, there's just so... I've never seen so much deer sign in my life. It smelled potent, like yeah. deer. And I was like, she must be here. And then we're like, no, this is just deer smell, because they're in here. Anyway, go on. No, I, that, I think I probably told it already that when I went to Illinois the weekend before Greg and I went to pull cameras and I snuck in three little hunts, the morning hunt I went into in this super thick, it was a CRP, but it's all overgrown. And I found this giant scrape in there um, where I found a big uh, deadhead buck the year before. Um, but I snuck in there in the morning, hadn't been in there all year, had a camera over the scrape that we hung in like March when we went down there spring scouting. And I just, in my head, it all like, played out like i knew exactly what was mm-hmm. going to happen it was the end of october they're probably going to scrapes still in cover the leaves are on and i got into the tree i wanted to be in and it was so thick i couldn't see anything i couldn't even shoot to the scrape i had four deer come under me right before light i couldn't even see what they were but there's four does i'm assuming came right underneath me and then a little while after light <clears throat> i thought i heard a branch break back in the thick stuff upwind of me and after about 15 minutes i thought i heard another little thing and the wind started coming right toward me, and I smelled a buck. And I was like, that is a buck. I was like, there's a buck in that thicket. And I know there's a couple of big cedar trees over there. I was like, he's probably looking to be laying there. So that's why I took out my little antler, and I started scratching raking branches it. and, you know, raking, raking, raking. Yep. And I'll be – I mean, he. I heard another branch a little bit closer, and then literally an hour went by, and I kind of forgot about it. And next thing I know, he's standing 18 yards, quartering to me, coming to the scrape. And he was already through my – little window and then he worked that scrape i got it on camera he worked that scrape for like five minutes three different looking branches and as he was about to come back as a full draw i went to move my video camera with my elbow to get him back in the frame (laughs) and i accidentally let down and he just turned around and walked away (laughs) oh that guy's an idiot you know like in my yeah totally because i'm like here in my brain what i thought about since i hung that camera it all went exactly as i planned Except for me shooting it. <laughs> and you smelling go. him versus seeing him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew I could smell he was a shooter. Yeah. Right. I, no, smell, yeah. I could uh, smell the shooter. Yeah. <laughs> He's been feeding on white acorns. White oh oats. man. The content ideas I get from these sessions. Man, <laughs> you can smell it when it's a shooter. But but really But when though, every buck's a shooter, yes, you can. Yeah, no, really. I mean you th- their scent does hang around like when you get a big rutted up buck. Oh, I yeah, mean, they stink, you can, dude. Yeah, the deer you shot when we walked up on it. You're like, oh, yeah, he smells. But uh, last was it last year? We were tracking a buck that my uncle had hit and we watched. He jumped the deer. That was another low heart hit, right? The expander didn't open up and it hit it, hit the deer low heart and the deer was alive. We went in there four hours later. Deer was still alive. And um, so we went back and we get to the top of this ridge and it was another take your boots off, follow this thing, right? (laughs) And I get to the top of this ridge and I just get this whiff of a rutted up buck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's got to be right here. Like, I mean, I, f- I feel like I'm smelling the top of his head right now. And so I, I look, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And all of a sudden I see this deer bedded there, but I'm like, well, that's not the one that he's, he said he shot. 
and soon enough like the deer i was 10 yards away the deer bolted and i'm like oh yeah that wasn't it different deer. yeah it, the wind was right in my face and i mean i felt like i was riding the thing i mean he was, <laughs> he was right there right the yeah book. but i mean you can you can smell those things from a Heck while yeah. away my dad got one this gun season i walked up nice and cut it and yeah great public land buck for where we were for sure and long overdue for him and I was like, oh, this thing stinks, you know, and it wasn't gut stink. Like he didn't gut shot it. It was just a stinky buck. It was already a rutted up buck. Yep. That buck stench. Yeah, they got that stench. Oh, absolutely. Buck stench. Nasty. You guys ever use tarsal glands? No, I mean, other than my buddy Joel, like, no, I mean, he'll, he'll freaking pull up on a roadkill and grab a tarsal gland. He's got a leg in the back of his truck. I'm like, fuck, man. You're weird. <laughs> I cut the tarsals <laughs> off that buck I got this year. Did you? And I... Carried him around for a while and stomped him here, stomped him there. And right. Any luck with that? I haven't seen him here in Wisconsin so, since my last sit this last <laughs> Well, they're like, well, that dude's from Illinois. That's they're a, like, oh, that okay. buck's way too dominant for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like that one time I tried to snort weeds. Yeah. He's from Illinois. We're not going by that guy. <laughs> Don't mess with him. Yeah. He's no, probably I mean, dead already. Oh, he is. I, to- I told you about uh, my rosin bag idea, right? With how deer just love the scent of dirt. I mean, oh, when, yeah, you, when yeah, you go yeah. and you make you make a you're, – you're hunting – Wind may be marginal. I mean, a lot of times when we're hunting a big buck, mm-hmm. they're not going to come with the winds not in their favor. So sometimes we're hunting a marginal wind, so we put out a mock scrape. So I never put anything in the scrape. but um, So I make a big, big scrape. And You don't pee in anything yourself? Nope. Um, I know people that do and have success with it. Mm-hmm. I just never have because, I mean, I've had success with just dirt. So um, one of my cousins, he always calls it pocket dirt. So before he goes in, he'll – he'll spray down his boots, whatever, but then he'll, he'll make like a scrape by the truck and throw all the dirt all over on his boots. And then he'll take a big handful of it and put it in his pocket. So he's convinced like every once in a while, he give it a little shake <laughs> and just to, just to get some of those molecules up in the air. Right. So get I'm like, moving. get the earth, yeah, moving. get the earth moving. So when I was, uh, I was in college and I had, I was hunting and I walk across this fresh scrape. I mean, you could tell it was fresh, fresh. Because dirt does have a pretty distinct smell. Like when I scrape up, like, you know, I'm like clearing the leaves around a tree or something like that or whatever. You smell dirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how accurate so, it smells like that sense of I'm like, man, should I really smell like dirt? Right. If I'm up in a tree, you know, is that confusing to an animal? Maybe confusing enough. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I was in, I, I walked past the scrape and I mean, it was fresh enough where you could see the pee in the scrape. Oh, my God. And um, I scooped that sucker up. Right. And I'm taking this. <laughs> I didn't Pistol. quite do that yet. <laughs> Rub it in the beard? Yeah, I didn't have a beard at that point. <laughs> I've been working on it for five years prior and I still couldn't get it. So I, I put it in my pocket. And um, so the wind is blowing this way. I And I decided to get down. And I went like this. So if I'm like, well, this is really stupid. Like this stinks a lot. Like I'm getting rid of this. <laughs> so I'm walking to this other stand and I'm doing this. And, um, so I had three other bucks. You're emptying your pocket out. I had three other bucks follow me to that stand <laughs> right where I was. And I'm like, I need some pee dirt. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to put this in a rosin bag for like pitching. And I'm just going to tap this sucker as I walk in. It's going to be like a drag trail. There you go. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I heard yeah, get you some pee dirt. Exactly. Guys scooping dirt out of one scrape, bringing it to another property right. or taking licking branches. But then, right. That's but, a pretty good so idea. Yeah. Who did I have on? I had on uh, Rich, Rich Cook with cook fatal attraction deer yeah, sense, yeah, sense. a number of years ago and i'll never forget his episode because well i forget not that i forget everyone's episode like i won't forget yours <laughs> 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 that terrible wink. and 
But I remember he he uses like actual deer scent, like from real bucks, because he has a deer farm and he uses it for scent. So he'll like go collect pee when these bucks are in rut and it'll literally be dominant buck piss from like a rutting buck and, and so forth. He'll get the non-dominant bucks too. And and he had said it like, if you're going to lay down the scent, don't just do it the one time you go hunting. Like start laying it out in like July or August. And if it's the dominant buck, like do it this way. And then you can use a non-dominant scent to do this way. And you can really start to like, these deer will start to know there is this buck in the area. So then when they come to like hunting season, they've smelled this deer plenty of times and they know that this is literally a dominant deer because their urine smells different than a non-dominant deer. I was like, what? This is crazy. Like how deep this rabbit hole goes of, of deer scent molecules, piss dominance. Like there's right. so this many is insane. Ideas and theories. So then he's there. like right. literally playing mind games with the deer that he's trying to hunt with other scented bucks. And you have to introduce a scent long enough ahead of time that it's not going to be like, whoa, whoa, where did freaking this dude come from? This ain't normal. <laughs> right. Like, then you go into your pee samples and okay, I got <laughs> five months of pee. So my early season pee is going to be different than a mid rut pee. So I got to have a September. Dude, it's pee, crazy. October like, pee, November pee. And that's just one topic of yeah. the whole thing. So someone's like, oh, you deer hunt? I'm like, don't talk to me about deer hunting. <laughs> I know I'm the okay hunter, but the amount of shit that I know is stupid. Okay. You're scooping, up, you're scooping up scrape for your rosin <laughs> and you're getting letters in the mail that says the eight pointer is not the father. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, that's uh, great. There's a, a Troy Pottinger. Yeah. He's been around in the, you know, the whitetail thing forever, mountain hunter out in Idaho, I believe. But he's got a whole scrape business that he does where all year long he's putting sex scents and scrapes. See, okay, so right. And what I, I listen to all this stuff and I, you know, cause I eat up everything whitetail, very similar. Yeah. And uh, you gotta, you gotta start taking what it comes can. down to is it doesn't matter what the hell you put in a scrape. If the scrape's not in the right spot to kill a deer mm-hmm. during daylight. Don't matter what you put in there. Mm. It's just out on, you know, here and there. It does. It does not matter to me. If the scrape's in the right spot. You can kick leaves open and that deer will come and check it out. Right. And if it's in the right spot, you'll kill a deer there. Mm. It doesn't matter what's in it as much for me. Interesting. As to where it is. We had a uh, heated hunts as our sponsor for a number of years for our rut club radio that we were doing where we take calls around rut to like get report activity. And I think they're a good company, good dude. Um, I think good product. Most people had a lot of success with it. I just yeah. probably was not in the right places. But this idea of heating it up, the molecules have a different scent to them than if they're not heated up. And they also travel longer in here in Wisconsin. Well, <laughs> if you want to heat that up because it was just a brick of ice. Um, <laughs> so interesting product too. I think uh, the historical days of that before this like fancy technology was developed my dad talked about this he used to be in like whatever the hell the hunting magazine was back in the 80s where people would like i think my dad even said he did this he dug a hole like and then put fire and then heat up a pot of piss (laughs) and then there's an like i think he sent me the magazine including of like how to do a diy heat up your dough piss and like that was what they did. I heard like, that one. The hell? I like it. So though. then this contraption makes Double a lot of sense. Tea. If you're cold, you just have a sip of that. Throw <laughs> a, a little pine bowl in there. Yeah. But the stuff we do <laughs> yeah. to like try to bring these animals in, you know, there's no end. Oh here. yeah, it's and, it, and it never will. I mean, there's no so, way. If there's yeah. a way to sell it, it'll be sold, and that's oh, great. Yeah. You know, you got to use what you have confidence in. Oh yeah, and I mean, with the whole scrape thing too, I think there's ways to to make you know the opportunity. You said if the scrape's not in the right spot. There's different ways to make that scrape in the right spot too, right? You know, whether it's bending over a sapling, tying it off, you know, mm-hmm. on, a, on a pretty good runway or a pretty good corridor. I mean, there's ways to do it. Absolutely. Cool. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, people. How do people find your YouTube? If it's a ghost book, like how are we going to find it? Just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't make it that hard. Great question. <laughs> We're all I mean, dads here. We can make their videos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe on the search bar. I think. <laughs> yeah. Did you see? Was that? There's like some meme of, or like a, a video of like it was a commercial. I think it was the commercial. It was the insurance commercial. Like don't turn out like parents. Those. And it was like, <laughs> what kind of fish are those? And the guy goes. I don't know. He goes, don't be so coy with me. Get it? They're koi fish. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, a good one. That. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I think progressive does the words yes. don't become your parents. Yeah, yeah, they're right. Really, I'm so stupid. I love those. I'm becoming. I'm like telling I'm like, a lot like, of weird grunts. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that in and of itself is this. that in and of itself is part of the. It's the worst part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like I'll get down to change like a kid's ever like <sighs> making all these weird sounds. I'm like. Why am I doing that? Yeah. I don't need to make that sound, but it just starts to become a natural thing that I think my dad used to do. Now I'm doing it. I think it's an age thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm becoming my parents. It was about three years ago, four <laughs> years ago. Did you see the epiphany you yes. just had? No, this is, this is back to the piss comment, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, it was about three years so, ago when I first realized I was becoming so my, my dad. Wife, my wife has... Two obsessions. It used to be purses. She loved to buy purses, okay. like used ones, and then she would take better photos of them, repurpose them, and, and sell them, sell them cool. yeah. and make a little money. I was like, hey, cool, yeah. that's awesome. So she always had tons of purses, and she loves insulated cups for whatever reason. I don't know, like, like Starbucks, like a cups. Yeti. Just like she has so many freaking cups. Okay. But uh, anyway, the purse thing. <laughs> it was like hunting season. She was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying this purse. Like, it's kind of expensive." I was like, "I'm not gonna buy another purse." And she's like. I was thinking about it, and I just had this moment of pity. I was like, I just spent $25 on a bottle of piss from an animal. <laughs> I was like, go buy that purse, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It makes bought. sense. The purse makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You can put things in it. Oh, I'm going to dump this on the ground. Uh, I can carry my dope piss in the purse. <laughs> I would have been workout. better off spreading dog shit on that $25. I don't know what to do. Then I'm always like, I'm like, hey, honey, smell this. <laughs> like... She's, She's like, like I don't want to smell that. And I'm like, where are the dogs? I'm like, give the dogs to smell it. I'm like, you know, because it's like, I just $25. That's like, everyone right needs to you. smell this. Yeah. Right. The dogs are going nuts. She's like, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> you saw my dogs. Like, maybe, oh, yeah. I don't dogs know are helping enough. the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like worse than catnip. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I sprayed some on the cat. Why does the dog chase the cat? Oh, cat's an asshole. I don't know. Dog needs a workout. We're trying to get him on the fitness plane. <laughs> There's a lot of applications for dope piss these days. I like uh, the teapot idea. Yeah. We just got a ring doorbell. It's like if it's like a trail cam to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew you guys were here before you were here. You don't even have to ring the damn thing. It tells me you're here before you ring it. I don't know what the point of the we ring got is. one of those Cares. in the front yard. Yeah. yeah I just put it. Uh, we don't have the uh, the actual doorbell. We just have the camera. Oh, okay. So I just get like. That's what I mean. Like, you don't even need the doorbell part. No one's ringing it. So anyway, I had another ring, but it had to be hooked up to like the stuff, the actual wires. And right. then I couldn't figure it out. It didn't like work. So that one's gone. We got the battery one now. I hung an actual trail cam in my backyard the other day. I'm like thinking about putting my cell cam out. I was, home, a lot with, of coyotes I was home with the kids and there's a bunch of deer in the backyard. It's like city property where there's yep. like an old landfill. And every day we're going out sledding with the kids and there's fresh deer tracks every day. And there's a pretty big set of tracks. I was like playing it off like it was my kid's idea. I was like, oh, gosh, you want the trail camera to see what's back here? Do you need a new and one? He was like, nah, not really, Dad. I was like, I'll go get it. <laughs> Oh, so, shoot, they're all so out. I went and got it. Honey, we need another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the wife did tell me that I could get another one if I put it in the backyard. Oh, there so you go. I think I'm due. Um, but I put one in the backyard. And then when I showed 
the kids the pictures. They thought it was pretty cool. Holly sent me a, awesome. a picture of a deer across the street last last yesterday, and I was like, "Is the buck?" She goes, "Well, I don't know. I sent you pictures. I'm looking I'm like, shit. I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell if it's a buck. It looks like it could be a huge buck or just a doe. <laughs> it's just go with Bob. Well, I'm going to show it yeah. to you guys as a test to your uh, woodsmanship because I I think it's a doe and the like the 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 branches just happen to form what looks like a buck. I'm going to share it later to social or something be like buck or doe. And I actually don't have the answer. So <laughs> like it's anybody's guess. I don't no, know. seriously. I'm asking you, right. is yeah. this a buck or a doe? <laughs> because I'm like, well, how do you not know? And then she sends me a picture. I'm like, Jim, I can't tell. I don't know either. I guess I understand now. So it's like when guys post a picture of their deer and like, what do you think it scores? They're like, I already know, but like, what do you think? Yeah, I don't. Does it matter? Yeah, like you already won. You like, know yeah. the answer. We're all, yeah, yours we're is... already taking second. Like, this you just want to yell no at us? Yeah, you're wrong. This one, uh, real nice buck. <laughs> that's a that's a dandy there. Look at that. This is fun. That's I, cool. I don't like. I would have a hard time ear mounting this. I mean, clearly I'm on that. That was my first one ever though. So, I Eric, have to do it. sometime you'll have to see. Uh, You'll have to see Bo's basement, and you'll understand why that's a real mountain. Okay, well, we can go see Bo's basement at some point. I don't mind. You know, one of my goals for the, which my wife, uh, I don't know if I've told her about this goal yet, but the goal for 2022, and she may or may not be, well, she's not one, she doesn't care, um, is to do more traveling for the for the podcast and for just hunting in general. So last year, I did my first out-of-state hunt ever, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was a short one. Which, but yeah, but I didn't even consider it because it was just so fast, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit, I guess I did an out-of-the-state hunt. <laughs> I didn't even realize <laughs> that it. Was I it. drove 10 hours, <laughs> hunted 10 a hours. day, and came back. That Don, John Denver was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, okay. So Jared, uh, our buddy Jared Norwood, who's down in Arkansas, he's like, dude, you can come here any anytime and shoot a hog. And he's like, I'll, I have every weapon you need. And we have all the hogs in the world. Do so, it. like, come here and shoot a hog whenever the hell you want. You don't have to worry about any timing for that. Because if you want to hunt a deer, we'll yeah. figure that out, too. And I just uh, put in preference points for Wyoming. So, Levi Carey, who hosts the Pulling Feathers podcast. Heck yeah, man. Greg and I did a three-way call with him. Uh, I had to specify the word call. And we he helped us figure out, like, what where we had to do all that stuff. Every um, state is so different. It's with, very like, confusing and complicated. how to apply. And I was looking up the other day. I'm, I don't know. I've always wanted to do... A mule deer archery hunt mm -hmm. like early season high country would be f amazing for me and it's the only season i can get off and hunt because it usually opens in august and like mm -hmm. nevada and utah and i'm like okay teacher yep. go back in september yep. i got august so i was looking at that but oh my god looking through the regulations for those states i'm like there's like 85 units it's and nuts. everyone unless you know someone different number oh, okay that was an exaggeration but, but either like, way there's like 23 yeah. units mm -hmm. and like everyone has different amount of points yep. some of them are open sure. some of them are closed limited entry oh Private versus public, I need to dude. Talk to somebody so if you do want to, like, we are our, our like podcast network. Like, I guarantee we know someone in the state you're trying to go to that will be helpful for you. Yeah, if anybody I knows it. early archery, mule deer, let me know. I'm interested. Cool. Well, thanks for guessing with us today, dude. Yeah, thanks for making the drive. Oh no, man, it was it's fun. Yeah, a bit of a two-hour trek back. I this will be done by the time you get home. Yeah, no, it's it fine. But in the meantime, you can listen to that dollop episode with the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great they don't sponsor us i promise it's yeah. great i wish i could be as funny as those guys yeah they're, they're my favorite they episode can... i ever heard from them the first and favorite episode well there's a couple but the first one was the domino's pizza one so you're listening to it and it's like 1962 or they'd say some they just announced the, the year and it was not it was like 1920 or something like terrible and they talk about this kid and his mom gave him up for adoption because his dad died of stomach 
something or other. Like he's puking up black. I'm like, well, that's normal because back then it probably was. <laughs> and he had like the freaking flu or something from the original pandemic. And then the dad died. And then the mom gave the kids up for adoption. But then she picked them back up. And then she gave them to adoption again. They're like, are we going to stay in the orphanage? Are we going to stay with mom? I don't know. Oh, we're gonna, what are we going to do? And then they eventually, the mom takes them back again. Well, then this kid like joins the Marine Corps. He joined the Army, but it was actually the Marines. He didn't know he joined the wrong service. Like, what a fucking idiot, right? And then somewhere along his life, he, he buys a pizzeria. From some random dude for like a hundred bucks or something stupid, right? You want to buy my pizza shop? They're like, oh, sure, okay. And then he buys it. And then you're like, what am I listening to? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Why am I listening? Well, then it tur- so then this <laughs> guy's like, like doing this pizza yeah, stuff, right? <laughs> and then uh, they start doing deliveries to college towns. And the pizzas are getting like stolen. So like he's not getting any money because his delivery drivers are getting like beat up for pizza. So then he goes with one of his delivery drivers. This is Tom Monahan, the owner of Domino's Pizza, as it turns out. This is how the story goes, right? He's hiding in the freaking backseat with a meat cleaver, beating the shit out people for stealing their pizzas. I'm like, sold. Domino's fan for life. The dude used to beat people with freaking meat cleavers. Like, what? So that's when I like, Hands thought off about that the, the Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And then they do that. They kind of do this ripping off thing. And they, yeah, so you can see how it's funny. So they did this with the squirrels. And we're going to work on being funny. Yeah, I'm not that funny. People, I think some guy gives a bad review because he said I tried to be funny. I was like, I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> you have to go find it. It's pretty. He's like, these idiots think they're funny. Like, no, we don't. <laughs> like, I laugh at my own jokes. These are dad jokes. Remember, we're laughing because we're uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> with <the> unfunniness. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a great night. This will be in podcast land. Uh, I don't know however long it takes me to get done couple hours thanks for coming bud yeah no it's good fun. to have thanks you good for to having see you guys what's up everyone anthony Heyer here with dear vane and this week's tip of the week is to spend more time in the off season in the woods the more time you spend in the off season the more information you can you gather and the less pressure you feel on yourself for the risk of bumping deer moving deer creating unnecessary pressure the, the more time you can spend out there, the more information you can learn, the more you can find you know old rubs, old scrapes, new tracks, new trails, new bucks, you're scouting all the time. So I know my personal New Year's resolution is I need to get in the woods for at least two full days every month, regardless of the time of year, need to get in the woods, need to check it all out, need to do a lot more summer scouting, uh, a lot more summer glassing, I should say, because... Uh, and a lot of people that I've talked to this year, that was their main, main um, tactic for finding deer early season and filling those tags as fast as possible. Glassing, 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 and scouting and getting in there and figuring out exactly how they're going to set up before opening day. And they're doing this, you know, a month in advance in the hopes that that those deer are still there. So anyway, that's my tip of the week. You know, a lot of seasons are wrapping up here. Get out there, get your boots on the ground. Find those deer right now, and hopefully that information should translate into the season, and you should be able to use that this fall. All right? Hope it helps, guys. Anthony runs a great podcast. If you haven't heard of Deer Vane or you're not listening to it, I highly recommend it. In addition to ours, of course, uh, he's a great dude with lots of solid tips. His YouTube page is awesome. His TikTok is awesome. His Instagram is awesome. He's just doing a lot of awesome things, so I encourage you to go check that out. And another thing that's pretty awesome is our uh, email blast that goes out every single week on Wednesday mornings. Now, the time changes from here to there. Sometimes it's 5 a.m., sometimes it's 9 a.m., sometimes it's 11. It depends on when uh, we get to it and so forth. But 
it's jam-packed with all sorts of content. There's more GIFs and memes in there. There's a OKS Hunter tip of the week. Um, we'll share our blog article that was composed, whatever that particular week was. Um, we also share news from around the country from eHunter, as well as uh, OKS Hunter moments. And if you weren't aware, you can actually go submit an OKS Hunter moment or story right on our website at OKSHunter.com. You click on the drop-down menu, click on OKS moments. And we've been sharing these moments by and large on our weekly email. So I'll share one from last week. Uh, it was a submission by uh, Mitchell Kohler. He said on opening day this year, his cousin had a doe come in behind him and take off running, but he didn't know what spooked her because he said he didn't move. Well, after dinner, they were able to solve the mystery. He told them that he opened up a bottle of extra, extra large bottle of doe and heat urine. Uh, being hungover, he almost threw up from the smell and proceeded to throw the uncapped bottle like a grenade out in front of him. The moral of the story, he learned the proper way to use deer sense, and they all came to tears from laughter after that story. There's stories like that that we share each week on our e-blast. The one we shared two weeks ago was like three pages long, well worth the read, uh, quite the story. We did actually make that one into a blog post because it was so epic and long. Uh, but a lot of these are pretty quick, pretty short and sweet. And that's why I would like to share them on the email like that. So if you're not subscribed, again, you can head on okshunter.com and there'll be a nice pop-up window where you can enter your email address in or you can just go to the bottom of the page and, and click OK, I'll sign up. Uh, other than that, we're heading to the ATA. And by we, I mean me. Uh, trade show this week in Kentucky. We're going to hang out with the folks over at Go Wild on Thursday for uh, some things that they're doing. And then... Uh, off to the show, we'll be hanging out with the folks from Waypoint, which they are the host of our podcast. That's who we host with. Uh, if you notice our, our little icon in the upper left-hand side of our uh, podcast art, that's Waypoint. So we're going to hang out with those folks and run into a bunch of others as well. I know a number of other podcasters that are going to be going down there. So it should be fun. So kind of gear is getting uh, released, announced, and so forth. So maybe we'll do some interviews. We'll try to do as much as we can on our social channels, probably more so on Instagram than anything else because that's where we're most active. It's where we have the most uh, interaction and so forth and all that stuff or engagement, whatever the heck it's called. Otherwise, uh, not too much else to announce. Greg is building our trade show booth for March. He's sick right now, so he wasn't in this week. And um, the trade show in March should be fun. We just were, we're ordering a lot of hats um, and hats that you're not going to be able to get online until after the trade show, if there are any left. So it'll be a really unique hat uh, or hats that you can get from that trade show. In addition to that, we did just release our Deer Woods sweatshirt, uh, Take Me to the Deer Woods with a, a box truck on the on the cover with a, a gun leaning up on it, a uh, nice lover action rifle, <clears throat> a couple pine trees and stars. Pretty neat little design we put together for Take Me to Deer Woods. We thought that was something that seemed worthy after uh, the season is kind of coming to a close, like Anthony was talking about on his tip of the week. So I'll stop rambling, I guess. Otherwise, I'll just talk all night. <laughs> and uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate the the listens. We did a poll on... I know I said I'll stop talking. I just uh, wanted to mention, we did a poll on Instagram about where people listen. And it was like 60, 40, and then it being like more like 60, you know, or whatever the, the ratio is, like 55 or 46 or something like that. Basically, more people listen on Spotify than iTunes, but it was close. So... Uh, if you do listen on iTunes, cool. Leave us a review. Spotify, I don't think, has an ability to leave reviews. 
other than just like notify or subscribe or something like that. So if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and do that and you'll get the update every week. We launch our episodes every single Tuesday. We're going to try to fit in some more bonus episodes uh, in the upcoming ones here. We're going to do a couple more on-site podcasts. So those might not fit with our style of the Tuesday Night Live. And if in, the, in that case, we'll just put those on as bonus episodes or we'll air them live, but we won't actually be live, if that makes sense. That's, I think, all I have for now. Uh, if anyone has questions, comments, feedback, uh, anything you like to tell us, so forth, you can message us any way you'd like through our social, our email, our website. Check out okshunterpodcast.com. That's a website for just the podcast. That's an aggregate of all of the different things we're doing. Uh, with that, have a great night, morning, week, day, uh, whatever it is you're doing. Enjoy uh, what you got going on and stay okay.